turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands. I'm Rob Jones. Joining me today to chat about, well, Records and Bands, it's Mark Plant from the podcast 100 Things We Learn From Film and Everything We Learn From The Simpsons. Mark, welcome to Records and Bands. Ahoy, hoy. Um, would you like to fill us in a little bit on your podcast? Yeah, 100 Things We Learned From Film was my little baby of an idea back in the days when there was no such thing as a podcast. I wanted it to be one of these director's commentary type things uh, over um, trying to learn 100 things from the film Deliverance, uh, which, as I'm sure you can appreciate, was probably the grimmest idea anyone's ever had. Um, There's a lot more to it than just, I don't know, banjos and banjo strings, perhaps. Um, anyway, that was the original idea, and that just never came to fruition. I think probably because, I don't know if your listeners remember this, there was a TV show that came out briefly, um, which was Rob Bryden pretended to be a director. It was called Director's Commentaries, and he was talking over old ITV TV shows. Oh, I don't remember that, no. Yeah, it was like a comedy thing. I think he spoke over an, an episode of Only When I Laugh and Flanders and things like Anyway, yeah, anyway, whatever. But yeah, that kind of came out and I was like, oh, that's a terrible idea. That's a terrible show. I'm not doing that. Um, and it just became eventually a lockdown podcast, as everybody else did. Out of all the films, which is the film that you've learned the most from? Um, ooh, I think it was, oh, it was Forrest Gump. It was Forrest Gump because it's about nine hours long. Um, and, and of course, most importantly, it's got a cracking soundtrack. It has got, you know, it is, and I know it's a compilation soundtrack, but Wowzers that like boomers, man, they're great tasting music. I was that's going to be my next uh, question actually. Do you have a favorite movie soundtrack or a, mm. like a, a needle drop in a film? Or, um, I, I, I it's got to be uh, Forrest Gump, but uh, and again, we'll come to this. Quentin Tarantino has a great use of, of music, if only he could find an editor these days, would be great, you know, <laughs> Bre- Bre- brevity and all that <laughs> would be nice, but yeah, I, I think that. He's introduced me and all of us probably to stuff we would never have heard. I think we need a, a, a British version of him to potentially do loads of kind of like uh, Wigan Pier kind of Northern Soul classics in a film. You know, almost blokes bombing around in an 80s Cortina to, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 25 Miles from Home by Edwin Starr, <laughs> something like that. You dropped a hint earlier, but... Um... Without giving any spoilers, as we get into the show, will we be talking about one of the greatest hip-hop performances of all time from 1990 and Do the Bartman? Um, not quite. No, not quite. But do you know what? Do the, do the Bartman was huge for me. Now, it's really weird because about five years ago, um, when, when The Simpsons started, I was Bart's age. And about five years ago, I was Homer's age. And I think it caused me to have some sort of breakdown where I realised that I hadn't achieved half of the stuff Homer has. And actually, I'm not Homer. I'm Frank Grimes. <laughs> or Grimy, as my friends yeah. used to like to call me. And what was the other big single off that record? It was Deep, Deep Trouble, wasn't deep, it? Deep Trouble. Now, I think they both might have been written by... I think one was written by Michael Jackson. Oh, right. And the other one was written by MC Hammer? Question mark? All right. Because that would have sure. been about the same time as Can't Touch This and all of that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Hammer had some kind of 
saying it, you know, before he went kind of before. Uh, what would you mean? Are we Martha Stewart broke or are we MC Hammer broke? <laughs> Which is a, a white chick's reference. You do. Um, you do seem to have all the knowledge. So um, I sent you 10 questions a little while ago. Um, how many times have you gone back over your answers to change stuff? Uh, in the last two hours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I messaged you at the start of the week when we were talking times. And I'd pretty much gone over every question in my head about 10, 15 times. And I know that's the thing because music's so important to so, to, to everybody in, in different ways. I kind of, oh, I've gone over it and I've gone over it and I've gone over it. And then when I got, when I got home tonight and I had a few hours and I just sat and I went, right, let's go over these answers. Let's make sure you're sure. Let's make sure at least one of them's got a gag in it uh, because that's what I do when I'm doing notes. And I've, ch- I've almost changed them completely. I've changed them almost entirely, except for two, what I think are touching family references. Excellent. Okay, should we jump straight into it? Then? Oh, please. Yes, yeah. mate. Yeah. So the first one is your top three albums of all time, or your top three bands or artists of all time, or if you're feeling extravagant, go for both. I've been extravagant on some of the other questions, so I, I didn't didn't go for, for both. I, I think three is... It's it's disgusting behaviour to to <laughs> ask somebody to narrow it down to three. But you know, you don't want a podcast as long as a Quentin Tarantino film. So, <laughs> you know, I understand. Um, right, okay. I'm just going to go with them. Number one, Dookie by Green Day. It, you and I are almost exactly the same age. So, 13 year old me heard Basket Case, and it was what I couldn't imagine music was at the time I was living in West Yorkshire and it was all, I mean, it was the nineties, early nineties. So West Yorkshire was all brass bands. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, Colliery bands and that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, being clowns because they couldn't work down the pit anymore. Uh, it was either my life or brass stuff. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I heard that. And I think one of the lads, I think I heard it on MTV. My, my stepdad had got us, had got us sky. And if you remember Sky back then, it was something like 15, 15 whole channels. I can't imagine how much money that cost. Um, but I remember watching MTV and this coming up, this video, where they're in a psych ward. I was like, what? What is this? And, like, they used the word whore in it. That bit wasn't bleeped. There was a swear word that was bleeped. And I was kind of, I wonder what that swear word is. I wonder what, that, I wonder what it is. And one of the lads at school had got the album when Dookie came out and did a tape for me. And I must have listened to it hundred times uh, and then I went out and bought the CD and, and it just I don't know it's just it's not listening to it now it's really really pedestrian <laughs> but it was so important back then to me as a kid there's three or four tracks on it they're amazing like Welcome to Paradise yeah, Welcome is, to Paradise is beautiful because that was yeah. on the previous album as well wasn't it it was yeah and um, then they re-recorded Kaplunk. yeah Kaplunk yeah. but um, yeah. yeah for me I, I hope I don't tread all over any future answers, but there was like three albums around that time. There was Smash by The Offspring. Oh, yes. Ducky and Out Come the Wolves by Rancid. And oh, it was because I, I kind of had quite a quick transition from um, basically Iron Maiden and uh, Guns N' Roses into like the grunge stuff. And then this was kind of adjacent to the grunge stuff. And it was just like different again. And I just went off on rabbit holes after that, you know. It was almost like, uh, and and anybody that listened to to Green Day before this, sellouts, you know that. Well, maybe yeah. not with that accent, but um, you know, they were all very much like, oh, what a bunch of sellouts, you know. But yeah, I'm like you. I was kind of 
I was kind of enjoying, I think at this point, it was like, I quite liked Faith No More. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I liked a lot of British stuff as well, but we weren't doing, there was this really weird kind of 92, 93, was this really weird kind of reggae vibe in British music. It was Certainly really in the pop strange. scene, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really weird. And and we will come back to that. But, um, th- and there was also kind of like a lot of, in- maybe for me, because I was living in West Yorkshire and had a lot of Indian mates, there was also kind of like a, like an almost a kind of an, an Indian tinge to a lot of the music I listened to. Uh, you know, and th- th- those guys had tapes of guys I'd never heard of before who were basically rapping, you know, and, and, and then ended up being... Uh, you know, just the ones that you heard in the charts were Apache Indian, you know, and that that kind of thing. But but there was there was much more. So that was like nothing I'd ever heard. My other one comes maybe about I want to say two or three years later. Um, and I've picked this specifically because I don't think music needs to be serious. It it, it doesn't. Music is easy. Music is simple. It is whatever you want it to be. But this is the strangest punk album I think I've ever owned. And probably one I listen to once a month. And it's the first Presidents of the United States of America album, which is so fun because it's it's about animals and creatures and you know, people that live on the kind of the the outskirts of uh, of of kind of normality and you know, bugs, you know bugs in in little doom buggies and yeah, it's it's crazy. And everyone's kind of oh, Peaches is amazing. Peaches is like the third worst song on mm. the album. And was was Lump on that? Was that the other big and single? Lump for that is record? on that. Yeah. Lump was the big. Yeah, Lump was the kind of the 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 the, the top kind of the original kind of the OG as it were. Mm. Um, yeah, Lump is Lump's the big one. But there's so much fun on that, and it's and if you don't like the song, don't worry, there'll be another one along in three That's and a half it, minutes yeah. because it's punk music. And um, what was your third choice then? Um, I've cheated a little bit. I've That's been right. kinder for a compilation album uh, relevant to my second podcast. I've gone for songs in the key of Springfield. Oh, lovely. So Simpsons. I did nearly walk all over you it. You almost did, mate. You almost did. And The Simpsons is possibly the thing I quote more often than anything else. And again, based on my age and based upon kind of what I've done and based on the fact they had 12 good seasons uh, of a 30-season of a show. And all the gags and all the jokes and all the references and all that are great. But the songs, the songs are so clever. And I'm still unpacking those songs today. I still hear something in one of the songs. And I go, oh, right. I don't think I ever really quite got that when I was 15. But now I'm 43. It makes perfect sense. It's because they take them seriously. Like, yes, exactly as funny it as they yeah. are, they're like in, in terms yeah. of like composition and arrangement, they're actually like this needs to work properly, or yeah. else it's not you know, it needs to fit together properly as a song. Yeah. 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 Take my pen knife, my good man. Of course. How else are you gonna open a pudding can if the things come off of it? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Let's early bricky mark. Yeah. What was the first record that you bought with your own money or specifically asked someone to buy for you? I'm only a little bit embarrassed by this, um, but I, I I did once say it live on Radio Six Music. So <laughs> if I've if I've done if I've done it on there, I'll I'll do it here. Um, I bought "Enjoy Yourself" by Kylie Minogue. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I got a record, an L Price Records token. We had the record tokens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got it for Christmas, and I love a key change. I love a key change, and who doesn't love? Music produced by model railway enthusiasts. 
Um, no one's actually asked me my first record yet, and I'll take this out of the edit, but and, I, and I'll tell you. Go on. Um, again, it was a record venture, and it was, is it 10 Good Reasons by Jason Donovan? Oh, wow, right. Yeah, okay, so bloody hell, mate. Yeah, the album. <laughs> and I would have been about nine, I reckon. Yeah, you would have been, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, see, I, and this is where I was like, oh, man, he's so cool. I've got to come up with some cool answers. Yeah, man, <laughs> we, we all start somewhere. I might leave that in. I don't know. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the last record you bought or streamed or downloaded? I haven't bought it yet, but I am going to buy a physical version of this. Payday tomorrow for me as we're recording this. Um, and I I recently listened to uh, Bob Villain Presents the Price of Life. And I love Bob Villain because he is he's this 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 odd mix of Scroobius Pip and uh, Stormzy. And, and he and, and I love Pip. In fact, I, I haven't put any Pip in in this, and I really should have done. But I I just I don't know. I think I did once and and, and two weeks ago, and I've changed it since. But he's he, he's political, and for me, that's so important. This day and age, that that we that we remain political and that we remain fighting against the system, and that's what he's doing. And it's 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 punk, like only Britain can do. You know, there's punk, punk hasn't punk hasn't gone away. It's never gone away. It's just it's just different. And it might be grime and it might be drill um, and it might be, you know, it, it might be metal and it might just be some bloke standing on a bridge with a fucking ukulele. Uh, but it's still there, you know, that mm-hmm. punk is, is the message and punk's the film. So Bob Villain um, uh, is is great. It really is. Um, he's very good. The Price of Life is the new one, but he's, do- he's done a, a few more. It's it's pretty hard. You don't want to have it on when the kids are in. Uh um, tell me about the first gig you were at. Oh, this is such an odd double bill, Rob. It's it's so funny because it, it's it's an accidental double bill. So I'm 17 years old, 1997. I'm 17 years old. I'm living in Knotts, uh, and I went to see Manson on their Attack of the Grey Lantern tour. Uh, they they are probably Britpop after Britpop. As mm-hmm. Britpop started to die down. They appeared, these Scouse kind of lads, and they were, I thought they were great. I thought they were the business at the time um, and still do, kind of, and really, really enjoyed that gig. I went with some mates from from college. It was a great show. It was formative. It was at Rock City in Nottingham as well, which is a fantastic venue. Great venue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. But the same week, my best friend from school, who was, pardon the expression, a fucking nerd, um, had uh, um, he was on the same course as me as well, media production filmmaking, and he won some tickets to see a gig two days later. Okay, so we went to, back to Nottingham to see the Lighthouse family. Oh, for fucking hell. <laughs> that's mad! I love you know a key the, change. You know, the other day um, on Twitter when you were saying about um, musicians who make music for people who don't like music. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Absolutely. And and do you know what? It was weird because we'd gone from being, you know, absolutely covered in red stripe Budweiser um, and sticking to the floor to the Thursday in the Royal Theatre, sitting down and getting ice cream at the interval because uh, it's a theatre, you know. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And that might, again, that might come back later, music for people who don't like, uh, don't like music. Yeah. And did you get into Rock City quite a bit then? All the time, yeah. We yeah. used to we used to go, go in all the time. Actually, I haven't written this down, but I've actually got a story about go, going to Rock City and passing the Royal Centre. Uh, 
the first time. Sorry, I, I, I've listened to a few episodes, and, and I, I think I'll get away with swearing. People, other people have, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. You can, yeah. It, it seems to. Um, but um, we, uh, me and a mate, had been on the drink in knots. Uh, we'd have maybe been about ninety on a Friday, and we were walking to Roxy, which I think at the, at the time was like two, the three kind of three rooms of alternative, depending on what you were listening to. Um, and we walked past the Royal Centre and it was heaving outside. It was late. So it was, it was about 11 o'clock, half 10, 11 o'clock. It was heaving outside, kind of like the stage door was coming on. Um, and, and, and the door bursts open and Paul Weller comes out. Paul Weller doesn't get it. And obviously Weller at the point, massive, absolutely massive. And, and I went, oh, I fucking love Paul Weller. <laughs> My mate went, yeah, but what about the fucking... He went, I did. What about the fucking style council? And I was like, oh, the fucking style council. And my mate shouts across the road, Oi, Weller, you shit. <laughs> and Weller, flanked by these two massive bouncers, goes, I'll fuck off. <laughs> and these he spoke and we to you. just turned to one another and went... <laughs> and yeah, and, and you know, that, that became the one of many famous people that have told me to fuck off excellent to 25 years and yeah. um, what was the last gig you went to i wasn't 100 sure on this one I, I, because i quite like a low-key one you know the money today's in kind of gigs where one guy from a, a brit pop band turns up and, with an acoustic guitar and you know a bloke with electric guitar in the back and drums and, and kind of does that, or the smaller venues, all those kind of things. So there's, there's plenty of that, including our local, uh, the old fire station. We've got, uh, apparently, in two nights' time, Tunday from the Lighthouse family. Do you want to go back for old time's sake? Get on the, get on the blower symmetry. to your mate. No. Symmetry. Uh, he's in Pennsylvania at the moment, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's one of two gigs, and I can't quite place which one it is. The last gig I saw in Carlisle was Squeeze, which I've been looking forward oh, to for like 35 years. And they didn't disappoint. Plus, also, there was no Jules Holland. So they didn't yeah. disappoint. You know. uh, they, they were really good. I'd seen um, Glenn Tilbrook and to the bloke whose name I've forgotten for a moment. Chris Gifford. Uh, Chris Gifford. I'd seen them both separately, uh, gig separately, and do, and do their shows separately in Carlisle. Uh, Chris Gifford was supporting Madness, actually, which was a great gig. Um, so, yeah. I'd seen that, but they all came together, and, and I was probably the youngest person in the audience. I had a great time. It's fantastic. Yeah, two of the most underrated and finest songwriters this country's ever uh, produced, I think. Absolutely, 100%. And if you ever get the chance to see um, Chris Difford on his own, he he does a little kind of stand-up stories between his thing. He's got jokes. And oh, like a Springsteen good. on Broadway type effort. Very much so. Yeah, yeah but just on a tiny little, with like 20 people watching him. It's great fun. So if you can do that, if he does that locally, get, get on that. It's well worth 20 quid. So it was either Squeeze, but it could have been Alanis Morissette in Manchester. Oh, wicked. Uh, last year. She was great. We bought the tickets in 2020. And of course, stuff happened. Um, and it was put back and put back and put up, put back. Should have been a Saturday night when we watched it. She was, she's playing Leeds on the Friday night. She cancelled with like two hours notice and infuriated everybody. And then she cancelled hours and we were like, oh, well, at least we'll get our money back. Um, only for her to then two days later go, actually, it's going to be Wednesday now. And I'm like, okay, let's see if I can get an afternoon off work. Drove down to Manchester, something to eat, enjoyed the gig, drove home. Uh, and it was great. Rachel was desperate to see her. And she did, she did all the, all the big hits, but specifically, it was the Jagged Little Pill anniversary tour, but it was anniversary plus two. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. Uh, She um, was really good. 
really good indeed. Great Excellent. songwriter, beautiful voice, really has. Um, uh, the only only major disappointment for me was that Garbage were meant to support originally, and they didn't because it had been moved on. But we we have seen Garbage, and again, one of the best live acts I've ever seen. And of course, Alanis cropped up in one of your podcasts, the Dogma episode. She did, yeah, she did. Yeah, the voice go. of uh, the voice of of God, uh, and uh, you won't find me arguing that at all. Um, who has been the biggest influence on your record collection? I'm going to have to say Bruno Brooks. Really? No, 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 no not really. No, uh, although when I was a kid, when I was a kid, he was on all I the time, wasn't he? When I grew up. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up, Mark? Bruno Brooks. What? Absolutely. Yeah. No. Um, this is the hardest question to answer. I, I think no person has the one lion's share of introducing me to all the stuff I love because I love so much. Like I to 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 pick a stupid analogy, pick from the buffet of music, and you know I'll have a sausage roll from here and a volavant from there, and you know whatever. And there's some punk and that melds in with the the reggae and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the key change stuff down the bottom. And I'll, I'll listen to anything, but I think um, if I had to pick somebody, it'd probably be my stepmom, Ellen. Um, I don't know what the best band for an eight year old is. But I would be astonished if it wasn't madness. It's got to be music for little little boys, isn't it? Little boys, little girls, children. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I did see them at um the Isle of Wight Festival. All right. Two, yeah. T- two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. That was grand. <laughs> and it was all the hits. I, <laughs> I saw them close Kendall Calling a few years ago, which just goes to show how small the fe- yeah. festival Kendall Calling is. Uh, <laughs> And then a couple of years later, saw them in in the park in in town. Um, but she she would she she was really strange really strange when it comes to music. She was a strange lady anyway. But she grew up in a multicultural part of Derby. Um, she had an old Irish mum, so country music was the was kind of the go to as as anybody Irish of a certain generation will tell you. But because where she grew up was like a melting pot, she was in a kind of Afrobeats, reggae. She was into some Bangra. She loved a bit of dance hall. Um, and then, you know, then she'd get drunk and sad and mopey and put on Tammy Wynette, you know. <laughs> it's it's, it's a, a funny thing, but she was a she she was easily the most. If I had to pick one person that wasn't a Radio 1 DJ in the 80s, it would probably be my stepmom, Ellen Plant, yeah. Um, have you ever been in a band? I was in a band called Sylph in 1996 for about eight days. <laughs> How are you spelling Sylph? Uh, S-Y-L-F. Right. And Sylph, Is it an course... acronym? No, 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 no. I, believe, I, believe, I believe Sylph as in Sylph-like uh, is my understanding. And as you can see, uh, I'm a big lad and I was a big lad back then. The name didn't fit at all. Turned out they ended up changing their name to Arid, uh, which I think was a deodorant, after they found out that Sylph was also a brand of female hygiene product in the, uh, in the machine at uh, college, in the girls' toilets. Uh, they ended up with a singer called Badger Terry, uh, and uh, they did a few few gigs in Derby and Knotts, and I, uh, I never made it. I, I've won a few karaoke contests, though, so, you know, uh, who's had the last laugh? I yeah. Say. yeah. <laughs> Another part of this question is: Is there a kind? Is there like a band that you would have loved to have been in, or a type of band? Um, no. I, 
do you know what the, the thing is i don't have i don't have the talent i i, I can i can just about sing your song but i don't have a talent what i've always wanted to the one thing i've always wanted to do rob and this is i don't know this is again the fact that i'll just listen to any old shit is i've always wanted to perform with a big band a full big band you know i wanted to do you know Bad, bad Leroy Brown. I want to do, you know, that's life. I want to do New York, New York. I want to do um, uh, Beyond the Sea. I would do all the, all the hits. That's what I want to do with with a band because I probably could just about do that. The band would get me through it. Do you know what I mean? The band, people would go when I was shit. People go, this band's fucking brilliant. <laughs> sing, <laughs> ignore the ignore the fat bloke there in the in the cheap suit. <laughs> Wonderful, band. yeah. Um, would you have an entourage? Would you have a rat pack around you? Do you reckon? <laughs> Yeah, but we we've got cats, so it'd be the cat pack, uh, <laughs> probably my cat Colin and the neighbours' cats as well. Your cat's called Colin. That's He's, fantastic. My cat's called Colin Robinson. Brilliant. He's named after the uh, the energy vampire in what we do in the Shadows TV. Oh, show. fantastic! He is an energy vampire. In fact, he's usually hanging around here. I did see him a mom. bit ago, but yeah, yeah. His mum's just come in, so. Record from Bands is produced by Rob Jones. Please support him on Patreon so he can stop spending all our money on podcast stuff and buy me a new toothbrush. Right, it's a one-day festival mm. and you can book six bands. Who are you picking? Are you prepared for the worst thought I'll answer? Um, yeah, but it's, it's your festival, so you've got to sit through it. Or, okay. as my brother decided, yeah, there's one band and I'll probably just... I don't know, turn up halfway through because it'd be Saturday at a festival, then I'll be hungover. So, <laughs> I mean, and I only want to hear three or four songs of theirs anyway. He said, <laughs> All right, okay. The second worst answer <laughs> yeah. to that question is coming. Now, I don't bang on about it a lot. In fact, I've, I've, I'm so ill prepared here. I'm reading this off of my iPad, uh, which is here, because uh, I didn't send myself the email. I'm from the East Midlands. I don't bang on about it a lot, but I am. I'm not from the North and I'm not from the South. I'm from the middle, right? Always keep to point out the middle, just that middle bit. It, it's the worst bit. It really is the worst bit. I live eight miles outside the Scottish border at the moment in Carlisle, and you can't be much more northern. But I want to go back to my roots and have a festival at the East Midlands Parkway Station. It's a pointless transport hub. It's 11 miles from Nottingham, 14 from Derby, and 23 miles from Leicester. It is meant to be a future HS2 station. Yeah, right. Currently. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you know. But currently, it's most famous for the Leicester to Grimsby train. <laughs> I mean, what, which, which one of those two points is the worst? We, it, could be, it could be debated for the rest of time, and we would never get to the end of it. <laughs> Anyway, being a, a proud East Midlands lad, I want a festival that represents the region. I know what you're thinking. People from the Midlands. Well, no, not quite. I'm putting a bit of a twist on it. Let's kick off with the ugly stepson of the region, Derby. It's got to be wishing well enthusiast himself, Terence Trent. In spite of the fact that Trent runs through Stoke and Nottingham, but not Derby. And the Derby spoke different. Yeah, come on, give me that. If you're if you're picking up false with this, just wait till we get further down the bill. Jeez, <laughs> probably couldn't name any more of his songs. Um, it's quite popular. There was a tape kicking around when we were kids. I think it's Mum's A and B side. 
It, no, it was a full album. I think it, it was it wow. was the album. I think <laughs> Terence Trendell be the album. <laughs> well, I don't think he did more than one. Terence Trendell be the A fifty two to Nottingham. <laughs> Uh, is that anyway, the Brian Clough way now? It is the Brian Clough way. Yeah, yeah. Knowledge, see, knowledge. It's good, it's good, because obviously he saw the error of his ways. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. it's a Sunday afternoon, mid-August Sunday afternoon sun. How about some scar with the wonderful Lester Sterling? I see that look in your eye, Rob. You see where I'm going with these now. You see I what's do. happening. And okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board. I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm glad you are. Um, African beat has been used as a sample in loads of scar, uh, including a, a, a real big fish number. And reggae in the wind is exactly what you think it is. An instrumental version of blowing in the wind. Uh, it's brilliant. It's great. I was hoping for candle in the wind then for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> but the princess die version. Can you oh, imagine man. that? I can imagine a reggae version of that. And you you do know that he's really uh, he's really litigious, old Elton. Is he? Oh um, yeah, famously. We where I, I work in the um, in Weymouth, I, I'm a gardener, so I look after like some of the posh gardens. Um, mm-hmm. In the central area of my park is the Princess Diana Memorial Garden, she, which she's I a big fan of Weymouth, was she? Yeah, she's down here all the time. But um, <laughs> I I always refer to it as the it's, it would all be all right if Diana was here, Garden. It's true. Sponsored yeah, by the Daily Express. It's a, yeah, it's absolutely true. Sorry, uh, carry she on. Think, uh, Dave, she's, she's here, though, importantly. She's in yeah. our hearts and in the ground. Queen, queen um, of our hearts, that's it. Carry yeah, on. indeed. Fuck them all. Next <clears> up. <throat> sorry. It's a short set because she's only got one song. Vanessa Carlton. And she's performing as she passes through the showground on that piano from the Thousand Miles video. And if you don't like her, don't worry. The song's three minutes 58 long. And she'll play it twice. Yeah, well, she's mobile. So you'll likely only hear about 10 seconds as she motors by. Um, also, Carlton is in Nottinghamshire, just for your notes there. Um, it's where Richard Beckinsale was from. I bang on about him being from Nottingham all the time. All the time. He was a boy in porridge, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought he was. Just yeah, his daughter's the fit one in all the films, the, the werewolf films. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen about ten minutes of one of them. Yeesh, oh, right, yeah. Those are bad. Oh uh, no, I haven't seen any of it. So. Uh, you know, I don't think you're missing much. Um, anyway, as the evening begins to draw in, why not sit in the cool grass and listen to the hologram from Jeff Wayne's musical War of the Worlds? No, Liam Neeson isn't from Bolton. Um, everyone's favourite fifth and sixth, Mister Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton. Now, for me, The War of the Worlds is an album I listen to at least five times a year. It's utterly timeless. And it was originally in my top three at the, uh, at the top, but I had to move it out. Um, and I know Burton's in the North Midlands before any pedant listeners start. Close okay. enough. Close enough. Yeah, it'll do. Yeah. Uh, the tram does run through it, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Burton on Trent. Um, We're going overseas for our next East Midlands artist. Norfolk, Virginia's second biggest export behind that bloke that played the pedo in that Elliot Page film. (laughs) Him, the tall guy with the... He's in all those... The the Nun Made Me Do It films that I think I've watched about two of. I mean, imagine making a, 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 a 
Conjuring universe when the Conjuring wasn't even very good. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, going to say, not seen any of them, so... Oh, they're yeah. bad. They're bad. No, I don't do any version of horror whatsoever. I don't like oh, being cause... scared. Why would okay. I? Why do I want to be scared? There's enough scary mm. stuff in the real world. No, I don't, I don't want to be scared. You're not wrong. So, anyway, anyway. <laughs> the artist is Buster Rhymes and the game's mate, Knotts, for the listeners, N-O-T-T-Z-Z, because he's American. And cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, um, some some decent hip hop stuff there. I think he's one of those that I kind of half got into because of his name. Um, headline set, of course, the one that everybody's been looking forward to. Film and TV royalty, Rob. Yeah. You know his work from the start of Grandstand, if you're old enough, and the opening titles to Wimbledon uh, on the Beep. But more recently, the cool kids have all been hearing his work. Funky Fanfare on uh, the, you know, the Our Feature presentation bit of Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you know him, but your listeners, if they don't, it's the brilliant King of UK Library Music. Keith Mansfield, <laughs> which I probably could have made up for this podcast, but I can assure you I haven't. Do you know, you're the first person to have taken this show with the seriousness it deserves. Thank you very much. It's got a bit meta, hasn't it? <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh... Right. <laughs> They're all still alive as well. I had to make sure they were all still alive. Although it's debatable um, as to whether Leicester. I'll be honest. Leicester's I'll be honest. With us. I couldn't find I send any you a message. Leicester Sterling was this, dead. This is about to descend into chaos. But I sent you a message like in the week saying, oh, if there's anything niche or a bit out there, <laughs> then give me a heads up. And you basically said, no, that's all right, mate. It's just a pile of indie and Britpop shit. And now we've got. Terence Trent Derby, Buster Rhymes, and Keith Mansfield. I, I, I thought it would be I thought it would be a more interesting listen if you didn't know who they were. And I know for a fact, you know, Spotify is going to do all right out of this because you're going to go away and listen to some people. You're going to be the only the second person in the last two years that's looked up Keith Mansfield on Spotify <laughs> behind me, and I've got four of his playlists safe. Um, would it? And this is a segue and a half. Would he be one of those artists that make you dance around the kitchen like a bit of a dickhead? Uh, no, that's uh, no, sadly not. Although it's one of those that you, you hear the, the kind of the theme tunes for the TV shows in the seventies, and you think, "Oh, these were good." It's a shame everybody was so racist. And then you think, "Oh, hang on a second, it's twenty twenty three. It's a shame everyone's so racist, isn't it?" Um, no, I I don't have a particular artist that makes me dance around like a dickhead. I can only dance like a dickhead. But for me, it's more a genre. Um, Scar and reggae are kind of my Sunday morning go-tos. So I always make breakfast. I make coffee. Um, and I basically make a massive mess listening to stuff like Dandy Livingstone, Toots, uh, Desmond Decker, uh, Aretha and Donna, or anything like that that I can just have a great time with and sing really loudly. And Rachel's like, it's half nine in the morning on a <laughs> Sunday. What will the neighbours think? And I'm like, all right, Suggs, give it a rest. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, one then for your kitchen dancer fun. I you, you probably know it. Um, the poet's life by Tim Armstrong. I don't think I do. No. Uh, so sure obviously Tim Armstrong from Rancid. Does it yeah, yeah. like two thousand and seven something like that? Yeah. And yeah, that's a little bit. Well, it's Tim Armstrong, obviously. But it's yeah. A little, 
bit bit scary, bit rock steady, but yeah, just I I just, might just, know it. It's one of those yeah, that I yeah, might yeah. I might just have, you know it's been on a playlist and I've kind of heard it and not been able to pick up the phone and see what it was. But I will I'll, I'll give that a listen tonight. Um, is there a band or an artist that like the whole world think are amazing and you're just like, uh, yeah, don't yeah, not for me, thanks. Yeah, of course there is. Um, it is the one, the only. Just, it, just his voice goes through me. It's got to be. It's me, Bob Dylan. Like, who is that? Who is that for? Like in in twenty twenty three, who is picking? Who is learn, Who is discovering music for the first time and going? Fucking hell, this old geezer shit up. It it does nothing. He's he's like okay. So I've got to say, right? I get protest songs. I get message music. I do get that. But pick anybody else to sing your songs. Anybody like the one song of his that I really do love is "Tangled Up in Blue," and the reason I love it. It's because it's on that Whitlam's album, Eternal Nightcap. And you've been you were in Australia mm. at a similar time to me. So you you will you, I know you know of the Whitlam's. Um, it's an interesting journey song. Everyone loves a journey song, but he, his voice, like it's one of those bands that I don't know. Let's say, for instance, you were I don't know, you put music on, you know, things are getting you're in your you know, you're in your teens, you're in your twenties, things are getting a little bit cozy with a lady. Uh she's probably uh probably three or four points above you. You think you're doing all right here? Huh? I'm going to be okay. And then she puts Bob Dylan on and your whole penis and balls go up inside you. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting any tonight, Mark. No. <laughs> I just, it does nothing. And I'm so sorry, sorry listeners, because I know, I know why he's popular. I get that. But Johnny's not in the basement. He's not mixing up medicine. You're not on the pavement. Talking about is it the government? Government? Yeah. Oh, you know man. the words. I know the yeah, because you know they're on the <laughs> fucking sign that, that that he's holding up. You know, basement, and, and I only got ten. Oh. And, and, and watch the park parking meters, APAW can meters. There's um, been a theme on this question as I've been um, recording these shows. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes right back to like your dad's music almost if you like or okay or almost your granddad so there's been a lot of we've had one led zeppelin we've had two bob dylan's and we've had okay. two or three beatles ah uh, yeah the beatles i get i get why people say the beatles i just feel like we as british music fans are almost we're expected to, to love them but like Lennon was dead, like yeah, by the, exactly. before I was one. So you know, I'm wondering if it's an age thing, if it is a turning of the guard. Like we, I was speaking to a chap last night, and it was like, oh yeah, in um, you saying like in 30 years' time, are we still going to be listening to the Beatles? I'm like, well, it'll be a hundred years old. Mm. That said, you know that's a really good point. And and out of nowhere today, when I was driving around doing some some work at work, I I put some, I put. Spotify on random and on one of my playlists it kicked up Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Lead Belly, mm-hmm. the original kind of like folk version of the song, which is you know, that that version um on Nirvana's Unplugged is 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 just has brought me to tears before. But the original one is almost this kind of guttural, you know, um black African American um 
almost kind of religious slash proto kind of revenge song. Like it's oh, it's just it's like like nothing I've ever heard. And that has got to be a hundred years old now. Yeah. So I think just on those two songs, well, the same song done differently. Kurt Cobain or the Nirvana one feels very much as a song of heartache Mm. and loss, whereas the original is very much a song of desperation. Mm -hmm. That's just to put our serious hats on for a moment. And and that's the kind of, I don't think that Kurt Cobain in 1993 could ever get to the point that that's you know that that belly would have been when recording no. that song so no, you know so he has to kind of transpose it to his own experience i suppose yeah wow um, did i actually bring something serious to the, to the conversation you, i'm you, amazed you I did was... and i managed to pull something out of the bag as well good um, work alternatively the uh, the other side of that coin is is there a band that you're into that no one else you know likes and they're like mm. fuck's sake mark you're putting that shit on again Nothing, absolutely no. nothing. I am the most basic of bitches, as I think Brilliant. the kids say these days. I, you know, all the stuff that I really liked when I was in Australia is now like 25 years old and they've all broke up, you know. Um, so, no, not really. Just when I think I've picked up, you know, as a new spoken word artist, they've been about for 10 years and, you know, they've been making albums forever long. So, no, I introduce Rachel, my wife, to stuff all the time. Um, but it turns out it's stuff that's, you know, yeah. that's dead. <laughs> no one's touring anymore. Uh, just on a quick tangent, the because um, like you say, we were both in Australia at the same time. That little music scene that was going on then was mm. mental. I got there and I was just like, like this is like the mainstream and it's like yeah. so good. Yeah, and 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 what? It almost Australia was cut off from the rest of the world because we we didn't get any of that. We got no. none of that. And like one of my favorite bands is The Living End, and yeah. they they were fantastic. We didn't get that over here. You didn't get any of that. Mm. That stuff didn't chart here. I would assume most of it wasn't even released here. I had to get that first album shipped over. Yeah, I think I saw The Living End at Reading one mm-hmm. year, or it might have been it like when you know they did the Reading in the Leeds. Yes. Um, and it, it would have been on like the whatever the band's Warp Tour thing was called. Exactly. But um, other bands that over there, like Powderfinger, I loved. Oh yeah, there absolutely. was um. Grinspoon. Oh, great. I forgot about Grinspoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Ready One was one of their big tracks. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, they were good. Yeah. The Whitlams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I quite liked Regurgitator, although they were a bit yeah. odd. Um, yeah. Was it Stereo that did that Walkie Talkie Man? That was oh, were they Australian? Track. That's a great tune. I thought they were. They Well, it was on oh, Triple maybe. J all the time. Maybe they weren't. Yeah. Maybe they just played it to death. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's Triple J, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> they it. were very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Right then, you can time travel to any musical era or scene, anywhere, any when. Where would you like to go? Oh, I'm going to be controversial here, Rob. Now, I know you get people on that have got love kind of rooted in a time and a place and, you know, desperate for, you know, to, to go back to a, a memory or a particular gig. But I was in the 80s as a kid. No amount of wham made up for the fact that my dad and granddad were on the picket line day in, day out. Um, the nineties were awesome. They were fantastic, but do I really want to go back to being squeaky voice team from the Simpsons again, uh, dial up internet and my virginity safely intact. I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to go 50 years into the future from my death. All right. I want to hear music. None of my friends will ever hear. And I want to read reports of the death of Ed Sheeran 
and now he shat himself to death or something. Please, that would be good. Little ginger concave face prick. Um, I also want to hear, and this goes back to what you were saying, how his music isn't being played anymore. This is weird. I want to know who the new Elvis is. I want to know who the new Taylor Swift is. And I want to hear whatever the version of Dennis Waterman is now. You know, that's what I want to hear. Those are the things I want to, I want, I just, I, I want to, I want to go into the future and listen to stuff I fucking hate, Rob. I want to, I want to go and just go, what is this? Please, just what? What? And on the bright side, at least Sam Smith had a fucking impact. <laughs> and everybody that hated him is dead. <laughs> There you go. So, that is quite funny, that Sam Smith stuff, because there he is being all flamboyant at a award show. He's a pop star. He's meant to be yeah. flamboyant. He's meant <laughs> like, like Ziggy Stardust never exactly. <laughs> like how I'm like fifty years since Ziggy Stardust this year, isn't it, or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it just blew exactly. my head. Like, and and Peter, the people that love or the people that hate him, love the stone probably i assume and love the beatles and all that kind of stuff. and those guys you know th those guys did the lot did absolutely yeah. the lot look they are just doing what they do yeah and good for them good 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 for good for this person right i think it's brilliant i think it's fantastic and the the just it's it's not news it's not news no. but he's selling records on the back of not news so good for them good for them yeah uh, anyway look hey pro Pro, pro Sam Smith behaviour on this podcast. Yeah, I love definitely. that. That's great. But it's rock and roll, isn't it? Of course it is. I, or I assume what's left of rock and roll. <laughs> Sam Smith, punk as fuck. <laughs> yes. Right. You get to add one song to our playlist. Okay. Just one. Sorry. Okay. Um, what are you putting on our playlist? So, we've talked about dad music and how dad music we we kind of rally against what our dads liked my dad was 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 a young dad and and, and again we we lost him a couple of years ago um so it's only fitting that i probably pick a song that he gave me that i love um i remember not long after dad left me and my mum god this is grim uh <laughs> on on one snowy night i remember that specifically uh he went down to get some cigarettes never came back uh, <laughs> He, um, we, it was the best thing that could have happened to our family, by the way, uh, listeners. I'm not, uh, uh, Rob, Rob's tearing up, but it was a great thing for us. Um, but he, he he left us. He came to pick me up one Saturday morning in his battered British Leyland minivan that he had. Um, and he was listening to a Glenn Campbell tape, which was music that was too old for my dad, is is, is how I look at it. And I just figured it was granddad's music that dad had picked up. Um but this particular song stuck out as Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. And it just, it, it's another one of those that it's just, it's jaunt, it's jaunty. It, it's probably not the happiest song in the world. And it quite blatantly, you know, rips off um, at, at least one film uh, that I can, I can think of, but it, it's just kind of, it, it's nice. It's a good karaoke number and it's not really me, but you know, it's, it's, a memory it's a time capsule memory of dad and i i want to kind of keep that i feel that me my memory if anyone wants to get hit by a fucking wagon tomorrow <laughs> fingers crossed um then you know at least it's it's here now and at least i've passed that on to at least 
three or four or five people. Of course, it's going to be many more. It's going to be about 120 people uh, in the first day of downloading. But um, I've passed it on to those people um, to, to, to share that kind of feeling and that memory. And it probably... I don't know how you're going to fit this into the playlist. And if you're going to do what I do and you move songs around all the time, or if you're putting them in order of the, the shows coming out, but I don't know where this is going to fit in. It's going to be, it's going to, going to be break your next stuff from Led Zeppelin to this. Um, as it stands, you'd be a few songs after Ian's there's McCann track. Okay. Jazz. Yeah. Um, you might be coming in after Dillinger escape plan. Oh, cool! Um, That's cool. That is that is which real Dean chose. That is whiplash stuff, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> and then the next episode, someone is going to pick a Keith Mansfield numbers. <laughs> but, but that's the joy of it, you see. So I can, and I'm keeping a record of it. I'm going to be putting like, um, so on the website there'll be like the list of the names, the songs they've chosen, and then a link to the episode so they can go back and listen to it. Um, so you can actually see. As well as the playlist on Spotify, you can actually then go to the website and see who's chosen what, and then you can go back and get the stories behind it and all. That's hopefully. so exciting! I love that. I love that. Um, so yeah, one day, if we <laughs> if we if we keep this going for a little while, yeah. it'll be a it'll be a full playlist. Mark, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming out to play this evening. I've had an absolute blast. I am just thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to talk. Well, to talk, oh, Christ, like I need that. Uh, but an opportunity to to just talk about something I don't talk enough about, which is actually how much I love music and the sounds around me, especially as, as, a, as a dedicated podcast fan, somebody that has listened almost entirely to nothing but podcasts since uh, 2017. I kind of feel like I really need to go back and listen to more music on a daily basis. And you, you over the last few weeks, you've, kind of forced me to do that without realizing that you have brilliant it's been great i'll take that um <laughs> just remind our dear this to know where she can find your podcast a uh, hundred things we learned from film podcasts wherever you get your podcast uh join us every week or so when we try and learn a hundred things from every film sometimes that goes very very well sometimes that goes disastrously like it did with airplane when we discovered like 38 things i think or something like that. It was an absolute nightmare. Or uh, everything not. you learned from it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, we did. And don't call me Shirley. Uh, it's, it was a bad day, that, because I know, because I had the lasagna. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, Everything we learned from The Simpsons is is a northern take on, uh, or a Midlands northern take on um, the jokes and all the nonsense. And any, any products in The Simpsons were me and my very, very long-term friend, Tom, try and unpack all the jokes and generally make them about Harold Shipman and B&M home bargains. So there you go. I'll leave all the links in the show notes and on the website. There'll also be links to the Patreon. If anyone wants to chuck us a couple of quid, that'd be really cool with you. Uh, there's a new therapy album coming out soon, so every little counts. <laughs> so he was Mark Plant. Thank you very much. I was Rob Jones, and I'll see you all next time on Records and Bands. Tell me how good it's fucking boring.